So tonight, we are continuing our series called Big Questions, and last week we kind of kicked it off uh, with Professor Kevin from Trinity Western, and he talked about engaging with our culture, and mostly what he was talking about was our choices when it comes to music and movies and media and different things that we get a chance um, to choose, how we're going to engage with that stuff. And tonight... As we continue in that series, we're going to talk about something that each and every person in this room, each and every person in their lifetime will struggle with at one point or another, and that is this idea of identity. An identity, for a very simple definition, is just who and what you are. Identity is who and what you are. Identity is a personal thing. But no matter how personal it is, how many many choices we get to make, sometimes it feels like there's a lot of external factors, things that are outside of our control, um, that get wrapped up in who we are, who and what we are. And so, who your family is, where you live, what clothes you wear, what music you listen to, what sports you decide to play, what hobbies you like what movies you like watching, uh, who you hang out with, how well you do in school. All of these things are examples of what makes us who and what we are. As I was studying and reading and looking on social media this week, thinking about identity, I came across uh, this post that one of my friends uh, put up. And it was just these four things that kind of define how culture likes to define our identity. Four kind of questions or statements that they make. And here's the four. They like to say that your identity is about what I do or what you do. Your identity is about what people say about you. That's about what you have. And it's about what you look like. And even today as I was going through my talk, I was looking at this list and I got a little bit of anxiety. Because for some of these things I can make choices that define who and what I am as a person, but I can't, always, I can't always fix the reactions that people have to those things. I can choose the things that I do, but I can't fix the way that people see the things that I do. I can do these things, but I can't, I can't control what people say about me. I can control what I have and the choices I make with my money and, and with the things that I get, but I can't control people's reactions. And so identity ends up becoming... Sometimes things that are outside of our control. And wouldn't it be great if we had the freedom to be secure in our identity rather than waste our time managing the way we wish other people would view us? To view who and what we are. And so on the weekend, I'm sitting, or I'm not sitting, I'm standing in our kitchen. I'm washing dishes because our dishwasher is doing weird things, making weird noises. So I'm washing dishes and all of a sudden I'm like, Lego. It's like as I'm washing dishes, Lego and Lego figurines. And this idea of Lego figurines comes up in my mind and I can't shake it. For some reason, for some reason in my mind, Lego figurines and identity are now linked in my mind. And so I'm looking up on my phone different pictures of Lego figurines. Here's some stats for you. Since 2006, Or in 2006, Lego said that they had produced over 4 billion Lego figurines. And as of 2010, there was 4,000, over 4,000 different, unique 
mini figurines that were being sold by Lego. So I decided to do some math. I don't know if it's perfect, but it's pretty close, I think, about the possibilities of options of unique minifigures. Because for any, every minifigure, if you took apart every piece, there's about nine or ten pieces with hands and heads and torsos and legs and all that stuff. Swords, which were my favorite when I had Lego growing up. I still have Lego. Um, but <clears throat> So I did the math, and this is the number I came up with, the amount of options... This is 26 with 32 zeros after it. I tried to look up what that number is called, and it basically said it's 26 with 32 zeros behind it. So, <clears throat> but this is, this is like the amount of options you have with taking all the different bits and bobs that Lego has built over time to make different minifigures. And it made me think about people. It made me think about the number of people on earth and the number of factors that go into our lives to make who and what we are. It's a lot like Lego. And I thought there's some truths about Lego that are true for us as well when we talk about this idea of identity. So just bear with me, follow me. I think you'll understand what I'm trying to say here. Okay, so the first thing is this. There's this global brand. Even though there's an insane amount of minifigures that you can make, combinations that you can make, there are some fundamental things that never change about Lego minifigures. Okay? Here's, here's the things that never change. Number one, they reflect an original idea. Somebody somewhere, probably a European, decided that they were going to draw up this idea for a Lego figurine. They were going to, they drew the yellow head with the, you know, with the piece on the top, and they drew these crazy hands, and they decided the arms were only going to go this way, and that legs were only going to bend a certain way. They had an original idea for these little people. They came up with the look, the way the head, the hands, the torso would look, and you can tell when you go to the store, sometimes there's like the Mega Blocks aisle and the Lego aisle that are like side by side, and I'm just like, cringing because I just want original Lego. But you can tell if you were to, if you were to line up a whole bunch of um, Lego minifigurines side by side and then Mega Blocks and Playmobil and all the different kind of knockoff Lego ones, you can tell, you can tell what original Lego looks like because they reflect this original idea. Number two is this, that they all share characteristics. Even the craziest versions of minifigures, I showed you some before, the corn on the cob or the hot dog. When you look at those, when I put those up, they're hilarious and they're funny, but they all share these characteristics. They all have classic Lego characteristics. Little yellow hands, distinct head shape, very specific arm movements, leg movements. For as unique and interesting as you want to make the selection of pieces up together, a Lego minifigure always has these fundamental characteristics to it. And the last one is this, that they are all part of a larger family, a larger global brand. Each and every Lego minifigure ever produced will always be part of that Lego family. There's nothing you can do, there's nothing you can say, no thought that you can put out into the universe that will ever take away its Lego-ness from these Lego figurines. They are brought into the world as a Lego figurine, and they will always be part of that Lego family. Now, Sam, what are you talking about? You were talking about Lego. Well, don't worry. We're going to talk about the Bible, too, here. So, Acts 17, 
Follow me here. 24 to 28 says this. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. In him we live and move and have our being. As even some of our own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. We're talking about Lego. We're talking about minifigures. We're talking about a lot of different options and stuff, which makes me think of everyone here in this room and on our youth group and in our city and in our country that that everybody has these choices to make and everybody has uh, different different parts and clothes and, and ideas that they want to add to who and what they are in their identity. And these three, three things that we just talked about for Lego, I think, pertain to us. And here's how they pertain to us. See, each of us reflect an original idea. Genesis one twenty seven says that God created man in his own image. God gives to all mankind, just in the verses we just read, gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. See, God set human beings apart, gave them certain things that he didn't give the rest of creation. He gave them rational thought. He gave them the ability to think morally about right and wrong. He gave them the ability to interact with each other socially. He had this original idea, and we all reflect that original idea. Every one of us. Number two is we all share certain characteristics. Even the craziest versions of humans still share these classic human characteristics. Rational thought, morality, skin. Yeah, I heard that. Social interaction, hands, feet, arms, legs. We all share these characteristics. And as much as we want to make ourselves unique, as much as we want to make ourselves unique in who and what we are in our identity, we still all share these classic characteristics of being a human. And number three, we are all part of a larger family. And God made from one man, Adam, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth. Each, each one of us, no matter where we were born, what our last name is, uh, no matter our life experiences, we all find our history and ancestry pointing back to a moment, a moment of creation, po- pointing back uh, to Adam and Eve, to this original idea. The truth is that whether you accept it or not, that God has created each and every one of us from an original idea that we share characteristics and that we are called to be part of his family. So this brings me to point number two, that we are uniquely created. Many figures, Lego many figures, are never just created to sit on a shelf. They are not randomly appearing on store shelves. They are meticulously designed and formed in very specific ways. Even the millions of combinations that we get from that huge number that we can put together... I watch my nephews play Lego, and there's always like a creative mind. There's always um, an intentionality about them building uh, these figures and, and these things with their Lego. 
And it's true for us as well. Psalm 139, 13-16 says this, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Think about that for a second. Some of you here may have never heard this before, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Maybe you've been at school even this week and heard people say that you're not worth anything, that you shouldn't exist, that, that you don't matter. Let me tell you, this verse is, is so true for each and every one of us, no matter what you've heard, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, God. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my uniform substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Each one of us is unique. Each one of us is created unique with importance and purpose. An all-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God knows who you are, knows the days that you would have before you were even formed, before you were born. We talked about at the beginning how sometimes our identity, who and what we are, is so latched onto our, this superficial nature. It seems like a lot of outside factors come into play when we're talking about our identity. Yet God loves you so much. Yet God cared about you so much that he cares about the way that you were created. God shows us that our identity can start to take shape before we decide what clothes to wear, what music to listen to, what movies to watch, if we're going to be good at school, what career we're going to take, if we're going to get married, if we're not going to get married, <clears throat> what kind of job we're going to have. <clears throat> that we need to recognize that the foundation of our identity is more about who we know rather than what we want people to know about us. That your identity is more about who you know, and in this case, I mean God. It's more about knowing God than what we want people to know about us. <clears throat> Worth every penny. Worth every penny. A minifigure's purpose and identity really comes alive once it has been bought with a price, once it's been purchased. The intent was never for these figures to stay in their packages or stay in their box and sit on a shelf. No, the creator and the original design for these things were for them to be purchased, for, them to, for interaction to take place, and for their full potential to be revealed. See, God takes our worth, our purpose, our existence one step further as well. It's not enough for us to just be who and what we are. No, God is not only concerned about how you were uniquely created, but that you are worth everything to Him. Just like we pay a price for Lego minifigurines, a, pi a price has been paid so that you can have life with God, a life full of purpose and meaning, a life with unshakable identity. A price paid so that we can experience interaction and not isolation. 1 John 4 verses 9 and 10 says this, this is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. 
This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage that they've done to our relationship with God. Jesus died on a cross so that you and I could have a relationship with God, so that our identity could be taken care of once and for all. So it doesn't matter who your family is, where you live, what clothes you wear, what music you listen to, what hobbies you have, what sports you choose to play, uh, who your friends are, if you decide that you're going to be good in school or not. Know your identity and your purpose and your worth can all start with God. I said at the beginning that this identity thing is something that we all struggle with. And we all struggle with it because of those things that I just listed. Because we have so many options. Because we have so many things that we think make us who and what we are. But the point is that we have to choose what's the most important thing. And I, for one, would rather would rather believe in and live in these verses that we talked about today. Live in and know that I have a God that loves me so much, that cares for me, that says that I'm worth something, rather than continually fighting to hope that people see the me that I want them to see. Rather than working so hard to create a me that people see uh, instead of just being real. And I'd rather do this than listen to the four things we talked about at the beginning that, that culture says defines our identity. See, we can flip that. We can flip the things that culture says, the four things, and we can make it about something solid, about something worth believing in. <clears throat> These are the four things. What I do, what people say about me, what I have, and what I look like. But I want, I want to flip that. I want to give you guys something else to think about. And so it's these things. Instead of what, what do I do or what I do, maybe we can think about what God has done. That God thought about you before you were born. That God planned out your days. That God loved you so much that you didn't even have to be a being yet. That God loved you so much. What people say about me. So tough. So tough to think about the things that people are thinking about. You can drive yourself crazy thinking about what people are saying behind your back or what you do something that you like is stupid and you want to take it back, but people remember that. Maybe you need to start thinking about what God, what does God say about me? <clears throat> What's the truth that God is saying about me? What I have. We live in a culture that we're blessed with money and we're blessed with things and we get the choice of things to have. But maybe we need to think about what God has given to me. <clears throat> and what I look like. What I look like. How does God see me? So many times we fight for the way that we look, for people to see us a certain way. Even if we're not necessarily comfortable with that way, we're, we're, we're better off if they see us a certain way. But how does God see me? What has God done? What does God say about me? What has God given me? And how does God see me? For some of you tonight, this might be the first time you're hearing this stuff. You might, you might be listening to me and you might have a lot, a lot of questions about who Jesus is and, and why God cares so much. But identity is so important. Identity is something that we struggle with. And I'd rather have you guys wrestle with it now and try to find something more secure to, to have a foundation in for your identity then keep fighting for the rest of your high school careers, trying to be someone you're not, or trying to live up to some other people's expectations. 
It's so easy to fall in this trap, the trap of these four, these four statements, <clears throat> unless we have something to turn to. And tonight, that, that, that someone is God. That something is God that we can turn to. So let me pray. God, we thank you for the truth that we talked about tonight, that you love us so much, that we are a part of an original design, that we have a chance to be a part of your family, that no matter who we are in this room, no matter who we see tomorrow at school or at work or when we go home to our families, that we all share characteristics, that no matter who we are, we're all fighting to be seen. We're all fighting for people to see the importance of who and what we are. And God, you see all of us. You see the good stuff. You see the bad stuff. You see the stuff that we don't share with other people. And yet you still call us to have that relationship with you. You still call us to, to understand how much you love us and you care for us, God. God, I just pray that as we go to our small group time that we would um, we'd have some good discussions, God. Maybe push back on some of the things that, that we've talked about tonight. Maybe ask more questions. Maybe ask questions about, about who you are and what this relationship looks like, God. God, I thank you for how much you love us and you care for us. In your name, amen.